Man, I love this place. Man, just worshiping this morning, it's exciting. I love being the pastor of this place. And I'm excited that today that we're starting a brand new sermon series. And we're going to be moving away from Romans for a little bit. We're going to be coming back to Romans right after Easter. So we're going to be away for a while. But we needed to do what we're going to do, and I needed to do what we're going to do now at the first of the year. Because we're starting this new series, uh, and it's called Love Lives Here. And uh, over the last year, uh, behind the scenes, uh, just uh, we haven't talked about this, but behind the scenes, uh, we have been working as a staff looking at our church. And we've been talking about the church and about uh, our vision for the future. It's a new decade, right? So we've been talking about the vision for the future. We've been talking about our mission, how we accomplish that vision. We've been talking about our values. We've been talking about the ministries at Heartland. And we even worked with a consultant and, and worked on some things to, to um, sort of make to take a real close look at what we were doing and how we were doing things and what we might want to change or how we want to move forward in the future. We've been examining all of these things, evaluating everything that we do. And I've been really excited about this, and, and we've literally examined every ministry in our church. So if you're here today and you are a guest, over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about Heartland. But the message today, we're going to be we're talking about about uh, moving forward together. We're going to be talking about momentum. So even if you're from another church or a guest with us today, you can take this back to wherever you are. If you own a business, you can apply this to your business. You can even apply this to your personal life. But we're going to be talking specifically about our church over the next uh, few weeks and talking about our direction for the future. We want all of you to get excited. We want to all be pointed in the same direction. We all want to all be excited about where we're going. So um, we've literally, like I said, examined every Every ministry and every event that we have in church to see how each of those things aligns with our values, our core values as a church. And we've done all this for a few reasons. One reason is because this is something that God placed on my heart. It's something that about a year and a half ago, God began to sort of stir up in me that we need to revisit things and uh, to make sure that things are fresh and that we are moving forward and that the church is, is moving in the right directions. And, and number two, we want to make sure that as a church, we're getting the things right, doing things for the right reasons. And, uh, and number three, it's been a long time since we took a critical look at everything we do. It's busy around here. This is a big church. I mean, we have about 1,400, 1,500 people that show up every weekend, probably about 2,500, 3,000 people that actually call Heartland home. There's a lot of ministries. There's a lot of activities. There's a lot of stuff that happens during the course of the week, and, and it's tough sometimes to just stop and critically look at what we're doing, and so we've done that behind the scenes as a staff for this last year, and as we approach a new decade, that's the next thing. It just seemed like a great time to think about the future. Can you believe we're in 2020? I just can't believe that we're in 2020. I, when I was a little kid, I used to add up and I'd think about how long people, you know, generally live. And I would say, you know, and I'd say that 20-something year that I th and I'm getting really close to that year. And so, so uh, I can't believe that it's, that it's 2020, but, it, but it's an exciting time, a new decade. And, and because I want us to all be on the same team as the church, and because it's so important for all of us to move forward together, uh, we're going to start this new message series. And I want to talk to you about something that's important to our future. 
as we kick this off today. And, and simply, it's this. I want to talk to us about moving forward. I want to talk to us about the importance of momentum, about the importance of not being complacent, not being satisfied where we are, about moving to the, the next place. And uh, I, want to, I want to talk to you about all of that. Now, that may seem like an unusual topic. Momentum is like maybe, you know, wow, that's kind of a weird thing to talk about, momentum. Uh, but believe me, it's a critical topic, and it's a critical topic for a church. And here's why it's a critical topic. When a person... When a church, when an organization has momentum, it's moving forward. When there's momentum, good things are happening. When, it, when there's momentum in a church, the kingdom of God is being advanced. When there's momentum in a church, people's lives are changing. When, it, when there's momentum in a church, people are growing in their relationship with Christ. When there's momentum in church, you see things like you just witnessed a moment ago. People are giving their lives to Jesus, and they're being baptized, and, and, and they're getting involved in service, and, and, and God's doing great things. When there is momentum in church... But when momentum is lost, when, there, when there's no momentum, people lose their way. When there is no momentum, churches and organizations plateau, and they lose their effectiveness, and they don't advance the kingdom of God, and people just sit and go through the motions, and they never realize all that God has for them when you lose momentum. I talk to you guys all the time. I'm always running into somebody and always talking to people and chatting with people. And I'm always interested about how people come to Heartland. And I'm not picking on any other churches because there's great churches all over the place in our community. I'm glad that you're here and you picked to be here. And I'm not picking on any other church. But there are a bunch of you that are here today because you were attending a church and it lost momentum. And you were looking for a place where there was some momentum where something was happening, where the kingdom was being advanced, where, where people were giving their lives to Jesus, where the gospel was being preached, where there was excitement when you walked in the doors. And you're looking for that. And you're here because of that. And as the pastor of this church, I do not want us to ever lose momentum. I don't want us to plateau. I don't want us to decline. I don't want that to ever happen. I don't want us to ever lose our effectiveness for the kingdom of God. I never want that to happen. I don't want us to lose the momentum. So we have to stay on our toes, right? We've got to stay on our toes. We've got to pay attention to what's going on. And occasionally, we've got to reevaluate things. Occasionally, we've got to take a fresh look. Occasionally, we've got to say, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Are we headed in the right direction? Is there a way that we can, that we can communicate things so that we can bring everybody together and get us all on the same trajectory? You know, those are the things that we've, we've got to do. And that's what we've been doing behind the scenes as a staff. Oh, we've had some lively meetings. We've even fussed and fought a little bit. It's been great. I mean, we've had, so we've had differing opinions, and we've gone through exercises to try to get us all on the same page. But I'm going to tell you something. Through those exercises, I learned something. And I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to brag for just a minute. But we've got some really smart people on the staff of this church. We really do. We've got some smart people, and, and we've got some younger people and some older people. We got, you know, and, and it's just fun to see. We see things a little different. You know, I'm getting older, and I, I'm kind of stuck in my ways. These young guys, they try to drag you out of the abyss, you know. 
and, and that kind of stuff. And then we're trying to hold them back just a little bit. You know, you're conquering the world. You know, it's just, but it's a great, but we, we came together and we, and some good stuff is, and we're going to share with you over the next few weeks as we talk about our vision for our church. We talk about the mission of our church, how we accomplish the vision. We talk about each of our values that we hold dear at Heartland and that we pass every single ministry in this church through those values. And we're going to talk about those things. And I hope you get excited. I hope you get motivated. I hope you get pumped up and, and, and not just for Heartland, but for Jesus. Okay. Because this is all about Jesus. We're going to talk about that this, this morning. All right. It's all about Jesus. But listen, if we're all together, we can do more, more together than we can do individually, right? And we're a local body of we're a big local body of believers. If we all get on the same page and we all get excited for Jesus, we can change Winter Haven for the cause of Christ. There's enough of us right here that we can change Polk County for the cause of Christ. And if we're not real careful, we might even change the world for Jesus. So, so let's, let's take a look. Today's message is titled Moving Forward Together, and I've got a long passage of Scripture. And I'm going to read this to you, and I'm not going to exegete every single, that, that, I'm not going to break it down every single verse. I'm going to pull some stuff out of here that I believe that helps us to understand momentum and helps you see it as we get for, move forward together. Okay, here we go. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 18. Paul is talking, wrote a letter to the Corinthians, and he's talking about his own ministry. But he says, therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience and the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I want to shout right now. Yeah, can you do that? Ow! Okay, I did it. Okay. okay. Uh, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Is that a great passage of scripture? That is awesome. That is awesome. 
In this passage, Paul is encouraging the Christians in Corinth to move forward in their faith. He probably didn't have the word momentum on his mind when he was when he was talking about this and writing about this, but, but, but he provides some great information to help us today as believers to move forward in our faith and to move forward as a church. So I want to talk to you about that. How do we move forward? What are some of the things we can do? And what do I believe are the things that we need in order to move forward as a church? What are the things you need in your life to move forward? What are the things you need in your business to move forward? They're very similar to the things we're going to talk about today. How do we move forward? How do we keep the momentum? Momentum going. Well, the first thing I want you to see this morning is that this we move forward when we understand that our ministry is not our own. The first thing we need to understand, the basis of everything that we need to understand, is that our ministry is not our own. 2 Corinthians 4 1 says, Therefore, having this ministry, listen to this, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Paul here is talking about his ministry, and he makes it clear that his ministry is not his own ministry. He he says it's not his. He says it's by the mercy of God. And, And I believe there's a valuable lesson here regarding momentum, regarding moving forward together. I think there's a real powerful lesson right here. If we want our ministry to flourish at Heartland Church, if we want this ministry to flourish, to continually to move forward, we need to remember where this ministry comes from. Okay, we need to remember that. Heartland Church is here because God ordained it to be here. Heartland Church is not my church. It's God's church. And we need to understand that. It's not your church. It's not Winter Haven's church. It's God's church. Okay, we need to understand that. Now, we're located in Winter Haven, so it is Winter Haven's church in that regard. And I'm the pastor, so yes, I can say it's my church. It's where I pastor. But let's let's make it clear so we have a good understanding. It's not my church. It's his. It's his. And and that's an important thing. One of the quickest ways to lose momentum and effectiveness is to forget who we belong to and who's in charge. That's one of the quickest ways to lose effectiveness. Look at that phrase, lose heart. In the Greek language, the original language, that means to lose courage. It means to behave badly. It means to give in to evil when you lose heart. Paul says we don't do those things. We don't do any of those things because we know who's in charge. And see, well, the opposite of that is true. If we start believing that we're in charge, we will be in trouble. The moment we think that this is our church and that we're in charge, we're going to get into trouble. It's going to happen. It happens all the time. Have you ever seen a church that that's happened to? That the people started to think they're in charge? You ever seen that? You ever seen a preacher that thinks he just rules the world and he's in charge? He's large and in charge. This is my church, right? You ever seen that before? They lose courage. The, the church starts behaving badly. And they give in to evil. And if that happens, your effectiveness for the kingdom of God disappears. You don't move forward anymore. You lose momentum and the church will die if that happens. Momentum happens when you understand that the church is not our church, it's his church. He's invited us to be part of the family of God. And by the way, the church isn't a building. This is the local church, but you're the church. All of us are the church if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And so we need to understand that the church belongs to God. And if we don't understand that, and that's not our basis, we will never have momentum. 
Oh, we might can attract a crowd, but there won't be any life change. Oh, we can make a bunch of people happy. We can all come together and sing some great songs and do all that stuff and go home, act like a bunch of hellions. Nothing's changed. But we will lose momentum. We'll lose effectiveness. You see, effectiveness, it doesn't matter how many people we have coming to church. It's not about numerical growth. It's about spiritual growth. Right? I mean, if God sends a bunch of people, well, great. God sent a bunch of people. But a little church can be effective. A big church can be effective. A little church can lose momentum, and a big church can lose momentum. It's not about the size of the church. It's about what's happening inside the doors. It's about what God's doing, and do we believe that it's God's church and not ours? So the first thing is it's God's church. Real important. The second thing is we, we're going to move forward is we need to understand something, and this is really important. This is near and dear to my heart, and you know it. God's Word is the centerpiece of our ministry. God's Word is the centerpiece. Look at verse 2. But we have renounced this graceful, underhanded ways. And listen to this statement. I love it. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word. Don't tamper with God's Word. I love that verse. Paul plainly describes a ministry killer. He says, he, he says listen, you want to lose momentum? You start tampering with God's Word. And he says, they, his team absolutely refused to do it. He and his guys, they absolutely refused to tamper with the Word of God. He said, we refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word. He says, we refuse to act deceitfully or distort the Word of God. The thing that will kill a ministry's effectiveness and destroy a church and keep it from going forward and do great harm to God's work on earth is deceiving people through distorting or watering down the Word of God. That, 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 that's not a good thing. The moment a preacher or teacher starts doing that, it becomes their Word and not God's Word. Now, I know that that means sometimes that it, make, it makes it a little uncomfortable. And I get it. You come to Heartland, and I know sometimes it's a little uncomfortable. But you know something? If you don't leave church every once in a while a little uncomfortable, the preacher's not doing his job. God's Word is not being proclaimed because I'm going to tell you something. When I read God's Word, I'm convicted. The Bible says when you look into God's Word, it's like looking into a mirror that reflects back. And I don't know about you, but I look in there a lot of time and go, that doesn't look anything like me. You ever do that? And you know, sometimes, if, so you're going to hear something when I preach God's word, and I'm always going to do that. I promise you I will always do that. And as long as I'm the pastor of this church, anybody that steps on this stage is going to preach the word of God. Okay, that's what we're going to do. That's just the way we are. It's going to be the centerpiece of everything that we do is going to be the word of God. Now, is that going to make some people mad? Yes, it is. And I know, now you say, Ed, no, how do you know what's going to make people mad? Because I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and I've gotten the emails. Okay, there's not a week that goes by hardly that I don't get somebody saying something about something I said. And usually the funny part is it's not that I said it, it's about most of the time, you know, sometimes it is because I just said something stupid, okay, that's just the way it is. Sometimes it just slips out, you know, because I am a fallible human being. But most of the time it's funny. They have an issue with something that I said God said, and then God said it. So I just politely will just email you back and tell you, take it up with him. It's not my problem. <laughs> he doesn't have an email account, though. That's the only problem. <laughs> I'm going to talk to him about that when he got to heaven. Why did you let this thing be invented if you weren't going to have one? Okay, I'm just curious. I don't know. But our desire is that God will bless this place. And our desire is that God will do great things in this place. 
And we want to keep moving forward, and we want the momentum to be there, and we don't want God to remove our momentum. And and, and so we understand that His Word, not my Word, not anybody else's Word, but the Word of God has to be the centerpiece of everything that we do. And we we believe that. If you're going to move forward, and listen, in your life, the Word of God has to be the centerpiece of your life if you're going to move forward. In your business, the Word of God needs to be the centerpiece of your business if you want your business to move forward. Another thing is that we, if we're going to move forward and, and together, we need to rely on God's power. We need to rely on His power. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure, this great treasure, this salvation God has given us, this, this life that He's given us, the righteousness that he's, he's bestowed on us and imputed to us. We have this treasure in jars of clay, in, the, in, these, in these jars of clay that are, that are easily broken and, and, and are very fragile. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The way Paul handles his ministry, the good stuff in his ministry, the struggles in his ministry, the challenges in his ministry, is he relies on God's power, not his own. Now, I'm going to read these verses that I just read a moment ago. I'm going to read a section of these out of a paraphrase of the Bible called the message. Okay? Okay, just let me say this real quick. The message is a paraphrase of the Bible. It's not a translation of the Bible. It is a guy named Eugene Peterson who just basically wrote the Bible in his own words. You should not be using the message as your primary Bible. You hear me? Now, I know some of you are going, you just cost me 50 bucks. Okay, well, I'm sorry. But you, that, that's, you, there's places in the message that are messed up. <laughs> okay, because it was his interpretation. You need to get a good translation. If you want a good translation of the Bible, you just call my office or you come by. We'll tell you a good translation. I preach out of the English Standard Version. Go get one. Okay, there you go. That way, when I read the passages, my words will line up. It'll all look same. You'll be reading the same thing I read. We'll all be on the same page, and that'll all be good. You can have another Bible or two at home to read. I think it's good. I read multiple translations. But don't buy the message as your primary Bible. Okay, but I'm still going to read a passage out of it because I'll just the way it speaks to this particular place. Second Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 out of the message. And Peterson wrote this. He said, we carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know God always knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. And what they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. But what Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. That's great. I mean, I just like the way he phrased that, and I thought, thought you'd like to hear that. But, but when I look at these verses in relation to our church and our ability to do ministry and to move forward, to maintain momentum, I'm reminded that we definitely need to rely on God's power. God has entrusted the leadership of Heartland and all of our ministries to ordinary people that he's called to lead. Listen, all the pastors in the church, we're ordinary people. He hasn't sent any angels He hasn't sent a prophet. Listen, I I could go into a whole sermon about that because that's just not good theology. 
We're not prophets. We're not apostles. He hasn't sent angels. He sent a bunch of fallible people who love him and who have committed their lives to him, and he's called us to vocational ministry to lead this church. And we're doing the best we can, and we try real hard. Sometimes we make mistakes. We don't always get it right. But just like we show you a little bit of grace, show us a little bit of grace. How about that? Show us a little mercy, just like we show you mercy. Because we're, we're men. There are men and there are women that are involved in the ministries out of our church and leading and doing things. And, and we're, not, we're not some, you know, it's just some kind of supernatural thing. We're just a bunch of people who love Jesus and are willing to serve him. And he's called us to do this as a vocation. And why has he just used ordinary people? Here's why. Verse 7, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. God sent a bunch of, I'm just telling you right now, this church works and and fires on all cylinders and moves forward in spite of Ed Kendrick. Okay, in spite of me. Because I'm, I'm a weak person. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God and God's given, imputed Jesus' righteousness on me. But I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I do my very, very best. But when you look at me, especially if you grew up in Winter Haven and you were a teenager with me, you know that the power of God does all this. I'm sure not doing it. All right? And that's what happens. And I want you to understand that. I don't want you to ever, I, I mean, there, you know, God has placed people in offices and that's great. And there's supposed to be respect for those offices and all those kinds of things. The scriptures talk about that. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't you ever look at us like we're some kind of prophet or some kind of angel or some kind of something like that. We're just people that God has called to do what we do. It's his power, not ours. Okay? We can proclaim his word and let him do his thing. As long as we rely on that power, we will have momentum. We'll keep moving forward. Two verses came to mind when I was thinking about this. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. You see, we we can't lead by our own power. We have to rely on his power because if it's left to us and we make our own decisions and we leave God out of it, there's a way that seems like that's the right way to go for us, but in the end, it leads to death. And then my favorite verse in the Bible, this is my favorite verse, Colossians 1.17, says he's before all things and in him all things hold together. I believe Jesus Christ is before all things. He's the firstborn among creation. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. You take Jesus out of the equation and all things fall apart. When we trust him and rely on his power, he will provide momentum. Another thing, if we're going to move forward, we need to be, understand that we are confident in God. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 15 says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believed and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Paul says that regardless of the difficulty he faces in his ministry, he is confident that God is faithful to his word and will take care of him and his ministry. Look at verse 14. He says, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us 
also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. He says that he has confidence that, that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise him and us from the dead if we have a relationship with Jesus. He's going to raise us from the dead. Paul was, here's the point, Paul was confident in, in the promises of God. If we're going to move forward as a church, we have to have confidence in the promises of God. We have to believe what God tells us. We have to live by what God tells us. We have to have confidence because we know that God is behind the church. God is here with us. God wants our church to be successful. God wants us to move forward. He wants to move forward and lead us to move forward. And so we have to have confidence in him. He's saying, in effect, that all of the challenges we face here, all of the struggles that we face, all that we grow through in life and in our ministry is in God's hands. So we just need to be faithful until one day he takes us home. We need to be faithful, and we can be confident of that. And then look at verse 15. It says that all of this stuff God is doing is for our good and his glory. It's all for, his good and, for, for our good and his glory, 2 Corinthians 4.15. For it is all for your sake. So that's for our good. So that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. It's for our good and for his glory. Look at the phrase, may increase thanksgiving. I think this statement helps us to see how everything we've been talking about creates momentum in our lives and ministry and keeps us moving forward. All of these verses speak to God's activity in our lives and ministry. Everything that we've read. And as Paul describes all that God does, he says, the result is it increases thanksgiving and brings glory to God. Now, this is the way I see this. Do you know what happens when you see God working? Do you know what happens when you are living for Christ and when you see him working and you see him doing things and we're doing the stuff we talked about today and you see God in action? You know what happens? It increases thanksgiving. What does that mean? Well, we're thankful to God for all that he's doing, number one. But number two, it gets you excited. When I see God do something remarkable, when I see God doing some God stuff, when I see God doing something that you can't explain that a human can do, when I see that, I get pumped up. Do you get pumped up? Because you've placed your life in his hands. And when you look at that and you go, dude, if he can do that, if he can take care of that situation, well, my situation, he can surely take care of it. Let me tell you something today. I don't care how bad your relationship is right now, he can take care of it. I don't care how bad the sickness is or the diagnosis is or the prognosis is, he can take care of it. I don't care how bad the relationship is with your kid. I don't care what you're addicted to. I don't care how bad it is. If you'll put your faith and your trust in him, he can take care of it. Because I've seen him take care of it before, and he can do it again. And when you feel like that, and you get excited about that, and you know that, and we all do that, and 1,500 of us get like that, and you get as excited as I am, and you start spitting like I am right now, let me tell you something. We can change the world for Jesus. We got to do these things. And as you begin to understand these things, something's better. You will begin to, when you get this, you'll begin to understand some things that your life and your ministry are not your own, they are His. 
Number two, that his word is true and is the centerpiece for life and ministry. And you need to live your life that way. You'll understand that we need to rely on his power and not on our own power. You'll begin to understand that we can have total confidence in him. And when you buy into those things, God will stir you up. He'll get you fired up. He'll get you excited. He'll get you ready to move forward. And momentum will be created. He'll bless you. He'll bless our church. And our church will move forward and we'll advance the kingdom. We'll move forward and lives will be changed. We'll move forward and people will grow in their relationship with Christ. We'll have an impact on our community. We'll have an impact on the world if we get the things we're talking about today. But if we are not focused on these things, we will lose momentum and die. We've been working on these things behind the scenes and I've been waiting to get this out. Woo, I'm glad it's out. I've been waiting on getting this stuff out. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about all this stuff in detail. We're going to be talking about the vision of our church and what we see the future, and we'll be talking about what we see the future of Heartland being. We'll be talking about that. We will be talking about how we're going to accomplish that future. I'm going to share with you all the things that we value at this church. We have seven core values, things that we really value, and we believe that every ministry in this church needs to be passed through those things, and we're going to talk about all of those things, and I hope that you'll get excited, and I hope that you'll get pumped, and I hope that this will create momentum because I believe God is going to do some cool stuff. I read a passage of scripture the other day in, in the middle of all this, and, and I, don't, I haven't shared it with everybody, I don't think. I can't remember who I've shared it with and who I haven't. I don't think I shared it with all of y'all, but I read a passage of scripture the other day when I was going through something. I got a bad report on a scan. I told you all about that, and it kind of got me all, and I was up all night. I couldn't sleep. I didn't know what that meant, and it turned out that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. God's great and good and all that kind of stuff, but I was reading the passage of scripture that God led me to, and one of the things he said in there is he said... I mean, I read a passage, I'll have to share that. I ought to do just a sermon sometime on this passage of scripture that God gave me. But I'm going to tell you something he said. After we've been through all this behind the scenes, never knowing all this, and I get to this passage of scripture, and one of the things he said, one of the things he said is he said, I showed you back when, I, you, started, when, when you started all of this ministry stuff, he said, I showed you what I was going to do, and I've done everything I said that I was going to do. And then he said, but I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something that I've not shown you. And that was after we have gone through all these exercises. I'm pumped up because I'm going to tell you something. I've been doing this for 20 years. I, we started this church with 14 people. And, that, and if you take my family out, there were only 11. Okay, and we started this church. And I've seen the church. I've seen us grow. There have been times when I feel in my spirit that God's up to something. I'm going to tell you something. He showed it to me in Scripture. He's about to do something. You better be glad you're here because we're fixing to take off. Father, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you, God, for momentum. I thank you that you've got me pumped up. You've got our entire staff pumped up. And I pray that your Holy Spirit has spoken to the people here today, and they're pumped up. Because, God, I believe that when we're all on fire, when we're all excited, the kingdom is advanced. When we're all on fire and we're all excited, God, we grow in our relationship. We get interested in hearing about what you got to say. We get interested in being a part of something, God, that's going to change our community and change the world for Jesus. And, Father, I thank you. 
you for that. So today, today, Father, I thank you for all that you've done for us. But God, you know, every time we get together, Father, every single time we get together, I know that there are people. I know that there are folks in our congregation. I know that there are people that do not have a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And God, this momentum that we're talking about, God, it can never happen without Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that today if there is a person here and they don't have a relationship with you, if they don't have a relationship with your son, God, I pray that today that they would ask Jesus into their life. And if you're here today, it's the Bible says if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that, that you will be saved. So I want to invite you today to, to, into a relationship with Jesus. Now, there's no magic prayer. There, there, there's not, nothing that, not, that the magic about this. And, and I know that I've been excited today, and I know that I'm, I'm all pumped up, and I hope that you're motivated today. But I don't want you to make some decision today because you're excited and motivated. I want you to make a decision because you, because you genuinely desire a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you pray and you ask him to come into your life, he will do that. Matter of fact, right now, you just, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes, and you just pray with me. Just say, Jesus, I, 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 I'm a sinner. God, I, I'm, I've not had you in my life, Lord, I, and I desire that. Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you came to this earth to die on a cross for my sins, and right now I accept that sacrifice. I, I ask you to come into my life. I put my faith in you, my trust in you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, thank you for saving me. Amen. And if you made that decision today, we're excited. In a moment, we're going to sing and stand up, and we would invite you to go to the back of the room. If you made that decision, I have some people back there, and they have lanyards on, and they will help you um, to uh, talk to you and pray with you and help you understand your next steps and all those kind of things. Or maybe you're here today, and you have a relationship with Jesus, and maybe you've just been on autopilot, and maybe your Christian life has seemed a little dull. Well, I don't know how much more I can try to pump you up than I did today. So hopefully you're, you know, if that didn't light your fire, your wood's wet. Okay, I'm just telling you right now. And I, I, hope, I hope that it got you excited. And I hope that you will recommit your life to Christ and, and to getting, getting on board. And, and I hope that if you're here and you're part of Heartland, that you will get on board with all of us to, to, to take this world by storm for Jesus Christ. And you'll get on board with us to, to do the things that we're going to be talking to you about and challenging you to. And maybe you need to come today and put a prayer request up on the cross. Maybe that's what you need to do. And just put a piece of paper and write a prayer request up there. Or come and kneel down at the stage and pray. I don't know what you need to do. But you do whatever God calls you to do. But I'm excited about this, guys. I'm excited about moving forward. I, you know, we genuinely, our staff, we genuinely love you guys. And we pray for you every single solitary week. And we want to see your life be great. We want to see your life moving forward. We want to see your life having momentum. We want to see the things you're involved in having momentum. And we want to see this church have momentum. We want to do great things for Jesus here in Winter Haven. Stand with us now as we continue to worship through song.